more than the listing price, who you work with matters. Realtors have the expertise, local knowledge, and personal touch to give you a competitive advantage throughout the entire home buying process. And that's something an ordinary agent could never do. So make sure your agent is a Realtor. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. The autumnal equinox marks the official beginning of the season this afternoon, and there are plenty of things out there to help you celebrate. The fall feeling is in the air, and grocery store aisles are packed with a seasonal spinoff. Everything from pumpkin cereal, snacks, candy, smoothies, and even pumpkin-flavored ramen. Wash it all down with one of Bud Light Seltzer's fall flannel variety pack that also includes marshmallow, pear, and apple flavors. According to Forbes, total pumpkin product sales had grown to more than $600 million in 2018 up from 500 million in 2015. So have we reached peak pumpkin? Never. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. Willy Wonka's joining the Netflix crew. I'm with me. Streamers bought up Roald Dahl stories, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, and The Witches. Financial terms have not been disclosed. Into your imagination. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. Eclipse Company Restaurant and Store in the Plains is open Wednesday and Thursday, 3 to 8. Friday and Saturday, 12 to 9. And Sundays, 12 to 7. Stop in for live music Wednesdays and Thursdays. And Eclipse is located at 11309 Jackson Drive. Take exit 682 to the Plains, then turn on to Johnson Road. Again, that's 11309 Jackson Drive, right off Johnson Road. Eclipse Company Restaurant and Store is the best hidden restaurant in Southeast Ohio. Barbecue, beers, and good times. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. It's when we dig deep. Moves it to Bjorkstrand, leaves it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Nice shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, we rise. 
Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets Ticket Plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. Have you heard of Project RISE? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work-study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project RISE. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Hey, it's Boots. We'll learn about car clubs in Canada and we'll peek inside the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Coach Turf, here we are at midweek, and normally at this time we discuss some aspect of inept tech football. This is the... This, this is my favorite part of the program. I was uh, noticing that several of the teams, both in college and the professional ranks, are using a formation called the shotgun formation, and you were telling me that uh, that formation actually developed at inept tech several years ago. Well, that's right. That, this goes back to 1961, and uh, most folks probably don't realize, but uh, they, they probably think that the uh, shotgun formation is named after the quarterback because the quarterback stands a little bit further back in the backfield than he does at the regular formation. They think that it's named after because where the quarterback stands, but that ain't right. That ain't uh, not right at all because back in 1961, we had a center name of a shotgun snapman and a, and a shotgun he could hike that ball so hard that the quarterback didn't want to stand right underneath him he had to stand back a little further about 10 yards and that's how come they call it the shotgun formation it's named after the center shotgun snapman back in Tech, class of 61 and don't have nothing to do with the quarterback that formation is somewhat uh, similar to the old single wing formation isn't it coach well, that's right. You know, single wing, double wing, triple wing, everybody's heard of them, but we had in innovated back in inept tech something called the forpal wing. The forpal wing where the quarterback stands about 10 yards back, the halfback stands about 8 yards back, the fullback stands about 6 yards back, and the wide receiver stands about 4 yards back, and they're all there back there in the backfield, and the, and, and then the center could center the ball at any one of them, and so we had a forpal attack where people running in four different directions at the same time. I'll be back to talk more inept tech football history with Coach Turf right after we pause for this message. And the Art Turf Show is proudly brought to you by Ear Wax Removal Wireless Ear Cleaner. 
with 1080p HD ear camera, waterproof ear otoscope with six LED lights, earwax removal tools for iOS and Android phones for both kids and big kids. Where is that available? Amazon. Coach Turf, another piece of football lore that developed here at Inept Tech was the term the lonesome end, and I think you were telling me that you actually developed that play. That's right. You know, that was invented right here at Inept Tech. A lot of folks is under the false suspicion that it was invented by somebody else at some other program, but they're not right. It came about right here. I remember back in 1957, we had a boy on the ball team named of a Dog Breath Duncan. Dog Breath, one of my uh, personal favorites. He was a end. He was a wide receiver, and uh, he never did go into the huddle because the other boys on the ball team wouldn't let him in there. You know, uh, he, they made him stand outside the huddle 10, 20, 30, sometimes even 40 yards away from the huddle, and he'd stand out there and make up his own plays, make up his own pass patterns, and that worked out real good. And the fact that he was out there all by himself is the reason they call it the lonesome man. So that play actually developed here at Inept Tech. And Just like a lot of other plays that uh, has started right here, and folks don't know that, and that's the reason for this here program. And this young man actually gave more to the school than his four years of eligibility. Well, that's right. Not only that, he give us something else. You know, he, he give uh, the game of football something else even after he is dead and gone. What legacy did he leave behind, Coach? Well, he loved NAP Tech. He loved the oysters. He loved football so much he wanted to hang around even after he was gone. And so we buried him on the football field in what you call now your coffin corner. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Well, let's see now. It's the 22nd day of September, right? And I think I heard somewhere that at 321 this afternoon, it officially becomes fall. Now, why would they pick such an odd time? I'm curious about that. Why not midnight tonight or last night? But 321 this afternoon, it becomes fall. Oh, well. Maybe we'll figure it out during the show. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a a Wednesday edition, and, and as I said, the 22nd day of September. Um, let's see here. We're showing 69 degrees right now. Uh, they say our high will only be three more degrees, 72. And our low tonight, 53. And we're supposed to have some rain. I think I left my window down a little bit. I'll go out there after the show and put it all the way up just in case that all happens. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Thursday. They say the high is going to be 58. That's 11 degrees less than we have right now outside. Crazy. 
it is fall, I guess. It is fall, and we should expect some changes. All right. Well, Scott, uh, let me ask you here. Do you have any idea why they say at 321 Eastern Time? Well, what I've found here is it says when the sun crosses the equator from the north to the south, this marks the autumnal equinox when it crosses from south to north. This marks the vernal equinox. After the autumnal equinox, days become shorter, shorter than nights as the sun continues to rise later. Nightfall arrives earlier. Yes, we already know that. So now, are they saying that right now, more than any other time of the year, the number of hours for light and dark are identical? Uh, could very well be, yes. Okay. The two equinoxes, which are the days on which day and night are nearly equal, so there you have that. I guess I'm, I said it right then. They occur roughly around the same time every year, but they don't always fall on the same dates. The same is true of the solstices, which are the days when the Earth's axis makes its most oblique angle with respect to the sun. Well, I think we need George Ebert or um, oh, our History Center guy, Tom O'Grady, in here to help us with this. But uh, I, I think we got it, though. But I just, you know, they would say, yes, you do. Or no, you don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think it, you know, obviously depends on when the physics folks have it determined that when this will happen each year and they can narrow it down to an exact time like they have today. I just mentioned the name of two of our well-known fellows locally. Tom O'Grady, of course, is the director of our Southeast Ohio, or Southeast, you know, no, that's right, Southeast Ohio History Center which is at the corner of Congress and... West State. West State, is it? Yep. Okay. Then, uh, George Eberts, um, I think is a professor, but he too, these two guys are really into the, the observatory, right, up on the ridges. And um, they do some teaching and they do an awful lot of observation and give tours of the facility. And, you know, Ohio University has a, a nice new, well, the scope isn't new, but the building is. Um, you know, it's a funny thing. They don't make scopes as, the older scopes, and I'm talking about telescopes that look into the other planets and stars and things like that, right? They, the older ones, are tremendously valuable. And it's hard to find a brand new one that works as good as the old ones. Now, of course, there are some. But uh, they cost an arm and a leg and then maybe more. But um, the university had such a fine telescope in the first place, there's no need to replace it. Just get it in a a place where it has less 
light interference at night. So they moved it up on the ridges, and it's really cool. All right, good morning, folks. Let's see, it used to be on top of, um, what was that building? It's at the corner. Um, well, Artec, I think it was called. Artec building. Yeah, I think that was it. And if some of you remember where the old post office was, uh, right down at the corner of, let's see, that'd be West... Richland. West Union. Well, yeah, if you keep going down... In Richland. Congress Street, that yeah. turns into Richland right there where President Street begins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking about the same place. We really are. Um, anyway, the old post office... There's a building right behind that, a little farther down on Richland Avenue, that's called the Artec Building. And that scope used to be on the roof of that. But ambient light at night from, well, it can be um, any kind of lights. Um, if, if a telescope's near that, it doesn't work nearly as well. Okay, 921. Good morning, folks. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, so first off, uh, let me tell you, tomorrow we'll have our visit with uh, Steve Patterson, the mayor. And let's see. What was the blurb I saw recently in city council? Oh, our recreation department, which is a really fine thing. But, uh, you know, it's had a couple of different leaderships, and, and um, I guess recently they parted ways with the current director. And um, so I guess city council was pondering all of that on Monday and having really scratching their heads a bunch. That's a one way of calling it. Um, so we'll get brought up to date on that and other things with the city when the mayor tomorrow joins us. And if you remember a week or two ago, he was supposed to be here last Thursday, but uh, there was a meeting of a group that he belongs to that got called in, and so he had to postpone it one week. So we'll see him tomorrow. Steve Patterson. All right, today, September 22nd, 2021. Today is American Businesswoman's Day. It's National Ice Cream Cone Day. It's Autumn Equinox, and we just talked about that. Uh, I'm sorry, Autumnal Equinox. It's Car Free Day. Now, I don't get that one. It's, Nello, it's National Elephant Appreciation Day. I'm not even halfway through, folks. It's Hobbit Day. It's National Girls' Night. National Online Recovery Day. National Centenarians' Day. National Legwear Day. Dear Diary Day. And finally, National White Chocolate Day. 
Now, some of these, Scott, I, we got to figure out. Okay, so. Uh, car free day. Not care free day, car free day. Now, we got Hugh White right next to us. Does that mean today all cars are free? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? No, that I, I what think. What are it, they talking about? Well, my guess is without reading what it is here, um, is to do walking, bike riding, things like that. Leave the car oh, where it oh, is. Oh, okay. So. Okay, did you find any listing on it? Does, does that basically make sense? Yeah, I'm scrolling here yeah, now to I'm get sure to it. To put you on the spot like that. Um, Car-free day is observed on September 22nd. Encourages motorists around the world to give up their vehicles for a day. Okay, you were dead on. You were absolutely right. Why didn't that occur to me? The observance encourages motorists to walk or bicycle instead. The day promotes the use of mass transit for those who need to travel long distances. Okay. Um, have you ever had an elephant ride? I have not. Okay. I have on several occasions. And um, it's a lot different than riding a horse, let me tell you that. But National Elephant Appreciation Day, Hobbit Day. What's Hobbit? Isn't that... Part of a, a story? Uh, yeah, there there was a book titled The Hobbit mm-hmm. by, uh, I believe it was J.R.R. R. Tolkien. Yeah. And uh, the main character in there was named Bilbo Baggins, if I'm not mistaken. You're doing pretty good from memory. And uh, let's see. Um, while there, let's see. Explore the Shire on September 22nd during Hobbit Day. The novels The Hobbit and the trilogy, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. written by J.R.R. Tolkien, bring to life the world of Middle-earth. And they also celebrate the birthdays of Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. Now, um, it's this National Girls' Night. So, when I go to uh, Pleasant Hill tonight... I got to be cautious, right? Because this is National Girls' Night. I never mind. Okay. What? Okay. Um, um, what else? I, I've got a quote here you might like from Bilbo Baggins from the Lord of the Rings okay. trilogy. Okay. This is a character in the book. He says, I don't know half of you. Half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve. <laughs> Text that to me. That 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 sounds like something I would keep in my. Uh, yeah, it sounds like wall material yeah. back there. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you know, we've never talked about that, or at least I don't recall doing so. Folks, in my office, I have, over the years, 
Um, I'll hear something that just impresses me, like a, a one sentence or a phrase, right? Yeah, or a quote. Or a quote. And I'll type it out on my my um, computer screen and then print it and tape it to the wall. I don't know. I would guess that half of my walls in my office are covered by these different sayings or expressions or quotes. You know, it might be fun... Well, maybe it wouldn't. Anyway, I was thinking maybe I should try to put them all on the list and come in and share them some morning. Oh, well. We'll see how that goes. I'm sending this to you right now. Okay, thank you. That's interesting. Okay, what about historical stuff? On this date of September 22. But the year 1692, it says the last people hanged for witchcraft. In parenthesis, it says eight in the U.S. Then it it goes on to say 19 hanged. Wouldn't you say hung? Uh, Yeah. It's the past tense. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, 19 hanged overall with six other deaths during the Salem Witch Trials. So, 19 were hung and six killed in other manners. 1792, the French First Republic formed by the National Convention, stripping the French king of his power. 1862 on this date, the U.S. president, which was then Abraham Lincoln, says he will free slaves in all states on January 1st. So January 1st, 1863 would have been that date. 1965, the India and Pakistan ceasefire goes into effect, ending the Indo-Pakistanian, or Pakistani, I get Pakistani, there we go, ending the Indo-Pakistani war. And the last so-called historical event, 1980, Iraq invades Iran, in an attempt to control the uh, Sat al-Arab Waterway. Shat Shat al-Arab Waterway. Given my trouble with pronunciation, I generally do these okay, don't I? Not bad. Not bad. Okay, famous birthdays. Let's see here. One of which is still alive. Let's do the ones that have passed already. Okay, let's go back to the oldest. Anne of Cleves. Cleves? Cleves? C-L-E-V-E-S. She was born on this date in 1515 and died in 1557. 
looks very. There's a, 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 a picture of her here, and she looks very uh, proper. She was the fourth wife of King Enery the Eighth. I am. I am. Oh yeah. Not much is known about her before 1527, when she became betrothed to Francis, Duke of Bar, B-A-R, son and heir of Antoine, Duke of Lorraine. Wait a minute. Although their marriage did not proceed. Oh. But later she was the wife of, the, of King Henry. Yes. Okay. Henry the Eighth. I am, I am. Um, okay. Let's see, next one. Charlotte Cooper. She was born in 1870 on this date. She died in 1966. Had a oh. nice long life. Okay. Well, before we get to that, you got to hear this. Oh, okay. Well, are, we, are we back on Anne of Cleves? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. What happened to Anne of Cleves compared to the rest of... Henry VIII's wives. Okay. Anne of Cleves came out relatively lucky. She escaped the marriage with her head intact and enjoyed the king's favor, likely earned by agreeing to the annulment until his death in 1547. I'm I thought sorry. it was interesting. I was distracted by my phone. Yeah, Would you that's tell okay. me that again? Compared to the rest of Henry VIII's wives, yeah. Anne of Cleves came out relatively lucky. Mm. Yeah. She escaped the marriage with her head intact. Yes, I get it. Now. Enjoyed the king's favor. Yeah, I would say she was pretty lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. Okay. Charlotte, Char Cooper. Charlotte Cooper. She born in 1870 on this date, died in 1966. That's a long life. Go ahead. Charlotte Cooper was a English and English female tennis player who won five single titles at the Wimbledon Championships and in 1900 became Olympic champion, winning in Paris in July of 1900. Okay, look at this picture here. Now, I mean, she's... Which one is she? This one here. Okay. Um, now that you put her in that... You know, as an athlete, she looks the part. Like the neck, you know, the shoulders, everything. She looks like she could be a good athlete. She looks very young in that picture. And she lived to be 96? Yes. She uh, became the first female Olympic tennis champion, as well as the first individual female Olympic champion. Not only a tennis champion, but an Olympic champion from all sports. The next person is Wil <clears throat> Wilhelm Keitel. Keitel? Keitel? K-E-I-T-E-L. Who was born on this date in 1882. He died in 1946. Uh, another Nazi. Was a German field marshal and war criminal who held office as the Chief of uh, the High Command of German, Nazi Germany's Armed Forces okay. during World War II. And the last one is someone who is still alive, and we 
hear him often on WOUB and that sort of thing, a singer. Um, Andrea Bocelli. And um, today's his 63rd birthday. Would he, would he be a, I'm trying to think, he's not a basso, he'd be a tenor, I think. Yes, he's an Italian opera tenor. So um, he was, I didn't know this, he was diagnosed with congenital glaucoma mm-hmm. at five months mm-hmm. old and became completely blind at age 12 yeah, following yeah. a football accident. Um, I, didn't I, did, I didn't know about the accident, but I knew that, you know, he has uh, little or no eyesight and often sings with his eyes closed because that's just natural to him. All right, so we did that stuff. Okay, now, a story that caught my ear or eye or something in the last 24 hours. (laughs) And and don't take this wrong, please, folks. Uh, I am not a drinker. Okay. But I do like some of these ciders. Um, I I think I can find a way to say this safely. Uh, Growing up, my dad, once in a while, and my dad was a very polished guy, you know, but he might say to me, he thought beer must taste like horse urine. Uh, Had he ever tasted the latter? The, 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 oh, I don't know. If to know that no, it no, no, might no, no. I mean, his, like his, the point was he thought it was awful. Oh, yeah, I know what the point was. <laughs> um, okay, now I have I've known him to have a cocktail once in a while. Um, um, my wife likes a cocktail once in a while. Certainly, as we've gotten older, we do like wine. But we, you know, all in moderation, folks. I have been, I think I've mentioned over, if you've listened to me for years, I've been drunk twice in my life, both when I was in my teens in both in Berea, Kentucky. <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, alcohol has not been a, a big draw for me. But uh, anyway, what I'm getting at is that Ohio, you know, restaurants, bars, and so on have been, well, seeing shortages of alcohol. Just like you hear that this product is is now hard to get or that product's hard to get because <clears throat> of shipping and whatever. Alcohol. Um, many restaurants and that sort of thing are having trouble getting what they would normally need. That's... Uh, isn't that odd? 
Yep. Sounds odd for what they're customarily used to, being able to get it whenever they want it. I printed off a little blurb from Channel 4 this morning up in Columbus. NBC4 as they're known. Uh, Alcohol shortages, a sobering reality facing Ohio's bars and restaurants. Sobering. I thought that was funny. Okay. Rationing of your favorite whiskey, tequila, or scotch may be coming to a bar or restaurant near you due to supply chain problems and high demand. Problems in the supply chain create shortages, says spokesman uh, for Middle West Spirits, and so on. And then let's see, they go on to say... Uh oh, it didn't print right. Well, anyway, um, I I just like the the headline: alcohol shortages, a sobering reality. <laughs> oh well, guess you had to be there. You're not laughing back there. No, I'm uh, <clears throat> trying to take care of some official radio station business. Mm. While we're doing that too. Okay. But as long as you enjoyed it, I mean, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Today is um, National Coffee Day. How come that wasn't on our list? Or was uh, it? Was it? I don't think so. Let's see if it was. Or no, no, no. It's around the corner, they say. Oh. Anyway, we got a report on coffee. Another drink, right? So, with National Coffee Day around the corner and coffee consumption up 8% since January of 2020. Um, This report was done and released on 2021's Best Coffee Cities in America. Okay. Now, do I really think this is a critical report? No. But it's interesting in its own sense. So we'll do it anyway. To determine the best local coffee scenes in America, they compared the 100 largest cities across 12 key indicators of a strong coffee culture. It ranges from coffee shops, coffee houses, cafes per capita, to the average price per pack of coffee. Okay. Just, this is trivia, folks, but it's, I hope you don't mind. So the top 20 cities for coffee lovers. You want to, you know, I always say, guess what? who's first. So I will again. Guess, Scott, who's first. You'll never guess. Okay. Unless you look then, over my... Then then I won't guess. Okay. Portland, Oregon. Oh, you're right. I was going to say Seattle. Number two is San Francisco. <clears throat> Three is Seattle. Followed by Orlando. Pittsburgh is five. Honolulu is sixth. Tampa, seventh. Miami, eighth. San Diego, ninth. Boston, 10th. Okay. 
Let's see here. I may as well go on with the top 20. Minneapolis 11, Los Angeles 12, Denver 13, Long Beach 14, New Orleans 15, Oakland, that is California, 16, New Jersey, I'm, I'm sorry, Jersey City, 17, Washington, D.C., 18, Irvine, where Paul lives, my stepson, 19, and finally, New York City at 20. Okay, so just some... Um, Factoids. Kansas City, Missouri has the lowest average price for a pack of coffee. That's $3.44, which is two and a half times lower than in Honolulu, the city with the highest at $8.69. Okay, I need your help for a minute. Actress, singer, sound of music. Julie Andrews. Yes. That helped me. Julie Andrews. Even when we lived in Hawaii, owned a large coffee um, plantation, whatever you want to call it. On the Big Island. Just a little known fact about Julie Andrews. Okay. Let's see if any of these others are important. No, I think we can let the rest go. Anyway, coffee. <coughs> now... We talked about that one time, and I think I looked up the world's most expensive cup of coffee. Okay. And I want to say it was a few hundred dollars. And do you recall? Somewhere in San Francisco was made from some very unusual ingredients, some kind of, uh, well, I'll just have to look it up before I go on there. Now, this next thing's really important. And there was a day I would have, uh, well, I sort of said that like I was joking. But, well, never mind. Stop commenting, just read. So here is the best and worst states for fishing now. Fishing. Now, years ago, I loved fishing. I particularly like saltwater fishing. And if I had to pick something, it was surf fishing. Did I go out in the boats once in a while? Sure. Went out with Lee Marvin once, the actor. Um, and caught a record bluefin marlin. 611 pounder. That record stood for, I think, about a half dozen years. But there's been several now since that were larger caught. Okay. Wait, I'm off the topic again. So, here's a story about fishing. A research story. 
Okay, first off, they say grab some chums and head out on the water because National Hunting and Fishing Day, which is September 25th, just a couple days away, is fast approaching. Celebrate one of the nation's countless lakes, rivers, and shores where you can snag your next big catch. They go on, but take heed. Where you end up floating may make or break the line on your excursion. Is your state making waves in the fishing world? So this group called Lawn Love. And I've occasionally used one of their research stories. Ranked every state in the U.S. to determine the 2021's best and worst states for fishing. We looked for states with high levels of community interest in the sport and abundance of water sources, easy access to the gear needed, as well as affordable fishing licenses. So here we go, right? Oh, this... I see what I did here. For some reason earlier, the printer printed on both sides on this. Okay, so the top five states for fishing. Number one is Alaska. Two is Michigan. Three is Maine. Fourth, Rhode Island. And fifth, Florida. Now, the five worst states for fishing. And we're going backwards. So Nebraska is fifth from the bottom. Kansas, fourth. New Mexico, third. Arizona, second. And the worst state for fishing, they say, is Nevada. Now, there's some interesting stats here. Like uh, the highest percentage of state land covered by water. Now, that one I'll ask you about. What do you think? What state? It's what kind, what kind of fishing? Okay, it's not so much fishing, but the amount of land covered by water in that state. Salt Lake City? Okay. Michigan has the most... Oh, what state? Yeah. Number two is Hawaii. Now, why, you know, when Hawaii is surrounded by water everywhere, but when they're talking about the land itself, the borders, uh, Michigan has more. But number two is Hawaii, three Rhode Island, four Massachusetts... Massachusetts and nine and five Maryland. How about lowest percentage? We got a three-way tie for the for um, well the least is New Mexico, followed by Arizona, Colorado, Kansas. Then we have a four-way tie. The following four states all have. 
very minimal water covering their land. Nebraska, ne- Nevada, Iowa, and Wyoming. Another category, most and least miles of shoreline. Uh, Another category, most fishing charters and guides, fewest fishing charters and guides. Another category is fishing gear stores. Like, uh, where can you go buy fishing rods and line and all of that stuff tackle yeah and then the last one is more specifically tackle shops so um anyway fishing today i do like to do it but i sure haven't for a long time well um let's see nationally more serious stuff. Is China's housing market a huge bubble that's starting to burst? Um, The writer says, I was sitting at a stoplight in Beijing when I first noticed the young man rather the young men who would walk in between cars and hand out brochures to drivers. I rolled down the window and took one. My, to my surprise it was a for sale advertisement for apartments in a newly constructed building. Now this was in 2010 when the American economy was still enduring the after-effects of its burst housing bubble. I had covered the rise of that bubble, and the fires in Beijing reminded me of Florida during its frothiest days. The Chinese real estate market had grown so hot that the people were marketing apartments at red lights, as if buying one were as common as buying a soft Well, there were many other signs of property bubble during that trip. On sidewalks in Shanghai, I walked past real estate agencies that had set up outdoor tables to accommodate the demand. And during my first night staying at a new hotel in a small city, I didn't see a single other guest in the lobby, restaurant, or elevators. Around this same time, a prominent American investor warned that China's real estate excesses had placed it on a treadmill to hell, and the bubble might burst at any point. Well, the bubble did not burst. It didn't burst in 2010, it did not burst in 2011, nor has it burst in the decades since. Unless, that is, it's starting to do so this week. So the housing scene in China, something that many people are watching very carefully. Um, 
There's a lengthy article about this in uh, the New York Times, The Morning Report. So if you'd like to read a little bit more about it, that is where I recommend you do so. Let's see, what else did I find this morning? Oh, I guess that's pretty much it. What's what's on your mind today, Scott? Uh, well, this wasn't on my mind, but we uh, were talking about coffee earlier, mm-hmm. the 10 most expensive coffees in the world. And uh, it goes on to say, what are the most expensive coffees in the world? In 2021, it is made by elephants, literally. And today, wasn't it National Elephant Day? There's something about elephants, yeah. Well, it is the Black Ivory Coffee Company in Thailand that feeds elephants with Arabia beans. The excreted beans are then roasted and processed into coffee, the perfect brew to wake you up, they say. Now, this comes from Finances Online. It does reviews for businesses. And they go on to say, if elephant dung isn't your thing, no worries. (laughs) There are other expensive coffee brands priced by the pound. Black Ivory Coffee is more than $500 per pound. Uh. And uh, there are three coffees that are priced at $500 a pound. Kopi Luwak is $160 a pound. St. Helena Coffee, $79 a pound. Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee, more than 50 a pound. Fazenda Santa Inez, $50 a pound. Starbucks, uh, with a word about 16 syllables long. Starbucks, I'm going to try it. Quad Regenoctuple Frap, $47.30 a cup. A cup? A cup. Los Plains Coffee, $40 a pound. Hawaiian Kona Coffee, $34 a pound. Well, you know, the I have a daughter-in-law, Kanye V, lives out in Irvine, California. And she's Thai, she is from Thailand. And she's uh, very much a foodie. She knows Thai food. She knows uh, all manner of different types of food. Now, if she came and brought me um, a cup of that um, elephant dung coffee, <laughs> she she should give it to you and then tell you what it is after you drink it. Ah. Uh. I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> I'm just not sure. It uh, it apparently goes on to say that the elephant's stomach acid breaks down the bean proteins and provides a characteristic robust flavor. I'll bet to the drink. I'll bet. Yeah, I've heard of some other kind of goofy or gross things like that, which just it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm sorry. Fifty bucks a cup. 50 bucks for black ivory coffee. Folks, we got about eight seconds. We want you to have a wonderful day out there. Remember, it's going to be much chillier tomorrow.
In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. CBS News confirms the FDA will announce a plan for Pfizer booster shots today and who should get them. It comes as hospitals try to juggle the influx of COVID patients, most of them unvaccinated. Dr. Brad Baker at St. Clair's Regional, the largest rural medical center in Northeast Kentucky. We've been shouting from the rooftops for a long time now how bad this is and what this can do. And to watch it despite your, your, your warnings and your, your pleadings, to just come through and take life like it does, that, that's hard. Clark County, Nevada, which encompasses Las Vegas, has just declared COVID misinformation a public health crisis. The AP is reporting some of the thousands of Haitian migrants at the Texas border have been allowed to stay in the U.S. Other hopefuls are headed north. Correspondent Adrian Bard is in Mexico City. Thousands more Haitian migrants have entered Mexico's southern border state, Chiapas, trying to make their way to the U.S. border. Mexican television reports show the migrants in town plazas carrying backpacks and coolers. They are being given written notice of two weeks to leave. Instead, many are heading north. Yesterday, a Wyoming coroner declared Gabby Pet. Pedito's death a homicide after confirming a body found in a national park there was hers. This morning, police in Florida are